0: Letter 5 of Clarissa Harlowe or the History of a Young Lady volume 7 this is the librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by nicole lee clarissa harlowe or the history of a young lady volume 7 by samuel richardson letter 5 mr lovelace to john Belford, esquire sunday night july Ninth. now jack have i a subject with a vengeance i am in the very height of my trial for all my sins to my beloved fugitive for here to-day at about five o'clock arrived lady sarah sadler and lady betty lawrence each in her chariot and six Dowager's love equipage and these cannot travel ten miles without a set and half a dozen horsemen my time had hung heavy upon my hands and so i went to church after dinner why may not handsome fellows thought i like to be looked at as well as handsome wenches? i fell in when service was over with major Warnson, and so came not home till after six, and was surprised at entering the courtyard here to find it littered with equipages and servants. I was sure the owners of them came for no good to me. Lady Sarah, I soon found was raised to this visit by Lady Betty, who has health enough to allow her to look out to herself and out of her own affairs for business. Yet congratulation to Lord M on his amendment, spiteful devils on both accounts, was the avowed errand but coming in my absence i was their principal subject and they had opportunity to set each other's heart against me simon parsons hinted this to me as i passed by the steward's office for it seems they talked loud and he was making up some accounts with old pritchard however i hastened to pay my duty to them other people not performing theirs is no excuse for the neglect of our own you know with horrible grave faces was i received the two antiquities only bowed their tabby heads making longer faces than ordinary and all the old lines appearing strong in their furrowed foreheads and fallen cheeks how do you cousin and how do you mr lovelace looking all round at one another as who should say do you speak first and do you for they seemed resolved to lose no time i had nothing for it but an air as manly as theirs was womanly your servant madam to lady betty and your servant madam i am glad to see you abroad to lady sarah i took my seat lord m looked horribly glum his fingers clasped and turning round and round under and over, his but just discounted thumb, his sallow face and goggling eyes on his two kinswomen by turns, but not once deigning to look upon me. Then I began to think of the laudanum and wet cloth, I told thee of long ago, and to call myself in question for a tenderness of heart that will never do me good. At last, Mr. Lovelace, cousin Lovelace, <coughs> I am sorry, very sorry, hesitated Lady Sarah, that there is no hope of your ever taking up what's the matter now madam the matter now why lady betty has two letters from miss harlowe which have told us what's the matter are all women alike with you yes i could have answered baiting the difference which pride makes then they all chorused upon me such a character as miss harlowe's cried one a lady of so much generosity and good sense another how charmingly she writes the two maiden monkeys looking at her fine handwriting her perfections my crimes what can you expect will be the end of these things cried lady sarah damned damned doings vociferated the peer shaking his loose-fleshed wobbling chaps which hung on his shoulders like an old cow's dewlap for my part i hardly knew whether to sing or say what i had to reply to these all at once attacks upon me fair and softly ladies one at a time i beseech you i am not to be hunted down without being heard i hope pray let me see these letters i beg you you will let me see them there they are that's the first read it out if you can I opened a letter from my charmer dated Thursday, june twenty ninth, our wedding day that was to be, and written to Lady Betty Lawrence. By the contents to my great joy, I find the dear creature is alive and well, and in charming spirits, but the direction where to send an answer to was so scratched out that I could not read it, which afflicted me much. She puts three questions in it to Lady Betty, first about a letter of hers dated june seventh, congratulating me on my nuptials, and which I was so good as to save Lady Betty the trouble of writing. A very civil thing of me, I think again whether she and one of her nieces montague were to go to town on an old chancery suit and whether they actually did go to town accordingly and to hampstead afterwards and whether they brought to town from thence the young creature whom they visited was the subject of the second and third questions a little inquisitive dear rogue and what did she expect to be the better for these questions but curiosity damned curiosity is the itch of the sex. yet when it's so no return to their benefit for they seldom inquire but what they fear and the proverb as my lord has it says it comes with the fear that is i suppose what they fear generally happens because there is generally occasion for the fear curiosity indeed she avows to be her only motive for these interrogatories for though she says her ladyship may suppose the christians are not asked for good to me yet the answer can do me no harm nor her good only to give her to understand whether i have told her a parcel of damned lies and that's the plain english of her enquiry well madam said i with as much philosophy as i could assume and may i ask pray what was your ladyship's answer there is a copy of it tossing it to me very disrespectfully this answer was dated july first a very kind and complaisant one to the lady but very so-so to her poor kinsman that people can give up their own flesh and blood with so much ease she tells her how proud all our family would be of an alliance with such an excellence she does me justice in saying how much i adore her as an angel of a woman and begs of her for i know not how many sakes besides my soul's sake that she will be so good as to have me for husband and answers thou wilt guess how to the lady's questions well madam and pray may i be favoured with the lady's other letter i presume it is in reply to yours it is said the peer but sir let me ask you a few questions before you read it give me the letter lady betty there it is my lord then on went the spectacles and his head moved to the lines a charming pretty hand i have often heard that this lady is a genius and so Jack, repeating my lord's wise comments and questions will let thee into the contents of this merciless letter monday july third reads my lord let me see that was last monday no longer ago monday july the third madam i cannot excuse myself mm, 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 humming inarticulately and skipping i must own to you madam that the honour of being related off in the spectacles now tell me sir has not this lady lost all the friends she had in the world for your sake she has very implacable friends my lord we all know that but has she not lost them all for your sake tell me that i believe so my lord well then i am glad thou art not so graceless as to deny that on went the spectacles again i must own to you madam that the honour of being related to ladies as eminent for their virtue as for their descent very pretty truly saith my lord repeating as eminent for their virtue as for their descent was at first no small inducement with me to lend an ear to mr lovelace's address there's dignity born dignity in this lady cried my lord lady sarah she would have been a grace to our family lady betty indeed she would lovelace to a royal family i will venture to say lord m then what a devil lovelace Please to read on my lord it cannot be her letter if it does not make you admire her more and more as you read "'Cousin Charlotte, "'Cousin Patty, pray, attend. "'Read on, my lord.' "'Miss Charlotte, "'Amazing fortitude!' "'Miss Patty only lifted up her dove's eyes, "'Lord M. reading, "'And the rather as I was determined "'had it come to effect, to do everything in my power "'to deserve your favourable opinion.' "'Then again they chorused upon me. "'A blessed time of it, poor I! "'I had nothing for it but impudence. "'Loveless, "'Pray read on, my lord. "'I told you how you would all admire her. "'Or shall I read?' "'Lord M. "'Damned assurance!' then reading i had another motive which i knew would of itself give me merit with your whole family they were all ere yeah. a presumptuous one a punishably presumptuous one as it has proved in the hope that i might be an humble mean in the hand of providence to reclaim a man who had as i thought good sense enough at bottom to be reclaimed or at least gratitude enough to acknowledge the intended obligation whether the generous hope were to succeed or not excellent young creature excellent young creature echoed the ladies with their handkerchiefs at their eyes attended with music Lovelace, by the soul miss patty you weep in the wrong place you shall never go with me to a tragedy lady betty hardened wretch his lordship had pulled off his spectacles to wipe them his eyes were misty and he thought the fault in his spectacles i saw they were all cocked and primed to be sure that is a very pretty sentence said i that is the excellency of this lady that in every line as she writes on she improves upon herself pray my lord proceed i know her style the next sentence will still rise upon us lord m damned fellow again saddling and reading but i have been most egregiously mistaken in mr lovelace then they all clamoured again the only man i persuade myself lovelace ladies may persuade themselves to anything but how can she answer for what other men would or would not have done in the same circumstances i was forced to say anything to stifle the outcries Pox take you altogether thought i as if i had not vexation enough in losing her lord m reading, the only man i persuade myself pretending to be a gentleman in whom i could have been so much mistaken they were all beginning again pray my lord proceed here here pray ladies here now my lord be pleased to proceed the ladies are silent so they were lost in admiration of me hands and eyes uplifted lord m i will to thy confusion for he had looked over the next sentence what wretches belford what spiteful wretches are poor mortals so rejoiced to sting one another to see each other stung lord m reading for while i was endeavouring to save a drowning wretch i have been not accidentally but premeditatedly and of set purpose drawn in after him what say you to that sir lady S. I, sir what say you to this lady b loveless. say why i say it is a very pretty metaphor if it would but hold but if you please my lord read on let me hear what is further said and i will speak to it altogether lord m i will and he has had the glory to add to the list of those he has ruined a name that i will be bold to say would not have disparaged his own they all looked at me as expecting me to speak Lovelace, be pleased to proceed my lord i will speak to this by and by how came she to know i kept a list i will speak to this by and by lord m reading on and this madam by means that would shock humanity to be made acquainted with then again in a hurry off went the spectacles this was a plaguy stroke upon me i thought myself an oak in impudence but by my troth this almost felled me lord m what say you to this sir remember jack to read all the sirs in this dialogue with the double sir denoting indignation rather than respect they all looked at me as if to see if i could blush lovelace eyes off my lord eyes off ladies looking bashfully i believe what say i to this my lord why i say that this lady has a strong manner of expressing herself that's all there are many things that pass among lovers which a man cannot explain himself upon before grave people lady betty among lovers sir but mr lovelace can you say that this lady behaved either like a weak or a credulous person can you say lovelace i am ready to do the lady all manner of justice but pray now ladies if i am to be thus interrogated let me know the contents of the rest of the letter that i may be prepared for my defence as you are all for my arraignment for to be required to answer piecemeal thus without knowing what is to follow is a cursed and snaring way of proceeding they gave me the letter i read it through to myself and by the repetition of what i said thou wilt guess at the remaining contents you shall find ladies you shall find my lord that i will not spare myself then holding the letter in my hand and looking upon it as a lawyer upon his brief miss harlowe says that when your ladyship turning to lady betty shall know that in the progress to her ruin wilful falsehoods repeated forgeries and numberless perjuries were not the least of my crimes you will judge that she can have no principles that will make her worthy of an alliance with ladies of yours and your noble sister's character if she could not from her soul declare that such an alliance can never now take place surely ladies this is passion this is not reason if our family would not think themselves dishonoured by my marrying a person whom i had so treated but on the contrary would rejoice that i did her this justice and if she has come up pure gold from the assay and has nothing to reproach herself with why should it be an impeachment of her principles to consent that such an alliance take place she cannot think herself the worse. justly she cannot for what was done against her will their countenances menaced a general uproar but i proceeded your lordship read to us that she had an hope a presumptuous one nay a punishably presumptuous one she calls it that she might be a mean in the hand of providence to reclaim me and that this she knew if effected would give her a merit with you all but from what would she reclaim me she had heard you'll say but she had only heard at the time she entertained that hope that to express myself in the woman's dialect i was a very wicked fellow well and what then why, truly, the very moment she was convinced, by her own experience, that the charge against me was more than hearsay, and that, of consequence, I was a fit subject for her generous endeavours to work upon, she would needs give me up. Accordingly, she flies out and declares, that the ceremony which would repair all shall never take place. Can this be from any other motive than female resentment? This brought them all upon me, as I intended it should. It was as a tub to a whale. And after I had let them play with it a while, I claimed their attention, and, knowing that they always loved to hear me prate, went on. The ladies is plain, thought, that the reclaiming of a man from bad habits was a much easier task than in the nature of things it can be. She writes, as your lordship has read, that in endeavouring to save a drowning wretch she had been, not accidentally, but premeditatedly, and of set purpose, drawn in after him. But how is this, ladies? You see by her own words that I am still far from being out of danger myself had she found me in a quagmire i suppose and had i got out of it by her means and left her to perish in it that would have been a crime indeed but is not the fact quite otherwise has she not if her allegory prove what she would have it prove got out herself and left me floundering still deeper and deeper in what she should have done had she been in earnest to save me was to join her hand with mine that so we might by our united strength help one another out i held out my hand to her and besought her to give me hers but no truly she was determined to get out herself as fast as she could let me sink or swim refusing her assistance against her own principles because she saw i wanted it you see ladies you see my lord how pretty tinkling words run away with ears inclined to be musical they were all ready to exclaim again i went on proleptically as a rhetorician would say before their voices would break out into words but my fair accuser says that i have added to the list of those i have ruined a name that would not have disparaged my own it is true i have been gay and enterprising it is in my constitution to be so i know not how i came by such a constitution but i was never accustomed to check or control that you all know when a man finds himself hurried by passion into a slight offence which however slight will not be forgiven he may be made desperate as a thief who only intends a robbery is often by resistance and for self-preservation drawn in to commit murder i was a strange a horrid wretch with every one but he must be a silly fellow who has not something to say for himself when every cause has its black and its white side westminster hall jack affords every day as confident defences as mine but what right proceeded i has his lady to complain of me when she is good as says here Lovelace, you have acted the part of a villain by me you would repair your fault but i won't let you that i may have the satisfaction of exposing you and the pride of refusing you but was that the case was that the case would i pretend to say i would now marry the lady if she would have me lovel you find she renounces lady betty's mediation lord m interrupting me words are wind but deeds are mind what signifies your cursed quibbling bob say plainly if she will have you will you have her answer me yes or no and lead us not a wild goose chase after your meaning lovel she knows i would but here, my lord, if she thus goes on to expose herself and me, she will make it a dishonour to us both to marry. Charlotte. But how must she have been treated? Lovelace interrupting her. Why now, cousin Charlotte, chucking her under the chin, would you have me tell you all that has passed between the lady and me? Would you care, had you a bold and enterprising lover, that proclamation should be made of every little piece of amorous roguery that he offered to you? Charlotte riddened. They all began to exclaim. But I proceeded. The lady says... She has been dishonoured, double take me if I spare myself, by means that would shock humanity to be made acquainted with them. She is a very innocent lady, and may not be a judge of the means she hints at. Over-niceness may be under-niceness. Have you not such a proverb, my lord? Tantamount to one extreme produces another. Such a lady as this may possibly think her case more extraordinary than it is. This I will take upon me to say, that, if she is met with the only man in the world who would have treated her as she says I have treated her, i have met in her with the only woman in the world who would have made such a rout about a case that is uncommon only from the circumstances that attend it this brought them all upon me hands eyes voices all lifted at once but my lord m who has in his head the last seat of retreating lewdness as much wickedness as i have in my heart was forced upon the air i spoke this with and charlotte and all the rest reddening to make a mouth that was big enough to swallow up the other half of his face crying out to avoid laughing oh, oh as if under the power of a gouty twinge hadst thou seen how the two tabbies and the young grimalkins looked at one another at my lord and at me by turns thou would have been ready to split thy ugly face just in the middle thy mouth hath already done half the work and after all i found not seldom in this conversation that my humorous undaunted airs forced a smile into my service from the prim mouths of the young ladies they perhaps had they met with such another intrepid fellow as myself who had first gained upon their affections would not have made such a rout as my beloved has done about such an affair as that we were assembled upon young ladies as i have observed on an hundred occasions fear not half so much for themselves as their mothers do for them but here the girls were forced to put on grave airs and to seem angry because the antiques made the matter of such high importance yet so lightly sat anger and fellow-feeling at their hearts that they were forced to purse in their mouths to suppress the smiles i now and then laid out for while the elders having had roses that is to say daughters of their own and knowing how fond men are of a trifle would have been very loth to have had them nipped in the bud without saying to the mother of them by your leave mrs rosebush the next article of my indictment was for forgery and for personating of lady betty and my cousin charlotte two shocking charges thou'lt say and so they were the peer was outrageous upon the forgery charge the ladies vowed never to forgive the personating part not a peacemaker among them, so we all turned women and scolded. My lord told me that he believed in his conscience there was not a viler fellow upon God's earth than me. What signifies mincing the matter?' said he, and that it was not the first time I had forged his hand. To this I answered that I supposed, when the statute of Scandal and Magnatum was framed, there were a good many in the peerage who knew they deserved hard names, and that that law, therefore, was rather made to privilege their qualities than to whiten their characters. He called upon me to explain myself with a, "'Sir!' so pronounced as to show that one of the most ignominious words in our language was in his head people i said that were fenced in by their quality and by their years should not take freedoms that a man of spirit could not put up with unless he were able heartily to despise the insulter this set him in a violent passion he would send for pritchard instantly let pritchard be called he would alter his will and all he could leave from me he would do do my lord said i i always valued my own pleasure above your estate but i'll let pritchard know that if he draws he shall sign and seal why what would i do to pritchard shaking his easy head at me only what he or any man else writes with his pen to despoil me of what i think my right he shall seal with his ears that's all my lord then the two ladies interposed lady sarah told me that i carried things a great way and that neither lord m nor any of them deserved the treatment i gave them i said i could not bear to be used ill by my lord for two reasons first because i respected his lordship above any man living and next because it looked as if i were induced by selfish considerations to take that from him which nobody else would offer to me and what returned he shall be my inducement to take what i do at your hands hey sir indeed cousin lovelace said lady betty with great gravity we do not any of us as lady sarah says deserve at your hands the treatment you give us and let me tell you that i don't think my character and your cousin charlotte's ought to be prostituted in order to ruin an innocent lady she must have known early the good opinion we all have of her and how much we wished her to be your wife this good opinion of ours has been an inducement to her you see she says so to listen to your address and this with her friend's folly has helped to throw her into your power how you have requited her is too apparent it becomes the character we all bear to disclaim your actions by her and let me tell you that to have her abused by wicked people raised up to personate us or any of us makes a double call upon us to disclaim them lovel why this is talking somewhat like I would have you all disclaim my actions i own i have done very vilely by this lady one step led to another i am cursed with an enterprising spirit i hate to be foiled foiled interrupted lady sarah what a shame to talk at this rate did the lady set up a contention with you all nobly sincere and plain-hearted have i heard miss clarissa harlowe is above art above disguise neither the coquette nor the prude poor lady she deserved a better fare from the man for whom she took the step which she so freely blames this above half affected me had this dispute been so handled by every one i had been ashamed to look up i began to be bashful charlotte asked if i did not still seem inclinable to do the lady justice if she would accept of me it would be she dared to say the greatest felicity the family could know she would answer for one that this fine lady were of it they all declared to the same effect and lady sarah put the matter home to me but my lord marplot would have it that i could not be serious for six minutes together i told his lordship that he was mistaken light as he thought i made of his subject i never knew any that went so near my heart miss patty said she was glad to hear that and her soft eyes glistened with pleasure lord m called her sweet soul and was ready to cry not from humanity neither jack this peer has no bowels as thou mayest observe by this treatment of me but when people's minds are weakened by a sense of their own infirmities and when they are drawing on to their latter ends they will be moved on the slightest occasions whether those offer from within or without them and this frequently the unpenetrating world calls humanity, when all the time in compassionating the miseries of human nature, they are but pitying themselves, and were they in strong health and spirits, would care as little for anybody else as thou or I do. Here broke they off my trial for this sitting. Lady Sarah was much fatigued. It was agreed to pursue the subject in the morning. They all, however, retired together, and went into private conference. End of letter five